Trust me, Sue and I consider ourselves blessed to be here. So if you feel blessed that we're here, it's only a small reflection of how blessed we are to be here because uh, count this as a friends and family and such a wonderful thing that God's doing here in Leicester. Who'd have thought of Leicester, eh? God. Well, that's basically it. Yeah. Well, no pressure in bringing the word then, Rachel. Just, you know. Um, sometime last year, I went to a ordination of an Anglican vicar. And uh, the bishop opened the... Um, the service by reading a poem. It's actually a beautiful little poem called Bright Fields. And, um, and he, out of that, he said to the couple that were being ordained, he said, may this be your crag in the rock and your burning bush, references to Moses. In other words, may this be the place of your encounter. I thought that was a stunning way to ordain a vicar in a parish. Uh, not, you know, Nothing less than, may this be the place where you encounter God and the people encounter God. And uh, in a similar vein, I, and I've, I've shared some of it, but I'm, I'm currently, uh, I'm always writing it seems, but I'm writing a, a book that I didn't plan on writing actually. Because um, most books that I've ever written, I've preached a bunch of messages or shared some stuff and then I try and cram it into a book, give it to somebody to tidy it up and say I wrote a book, but it was kind of a collection of things I'd already written. This is more me asking a question of the Bible, opening the Bible and studying the Bible and writing what I find, which has actually been a much more enjoyable experience and I can almost say that I actually fell in love with writing and feel vaguely creative in writing. So I'm writing a book um, on encounters and uh, a few months ago I wrote to a friend of ours in Australia who's I mean, she's super brilliant. You know, she's got, she's a doctor anyway, and then she's a consultant of accident emergency, then decides to be a consultant of intensive care, and then decides she'll do a PhD in radiology. And it's like, are you ever going to stop learning, studying? You're brilliant. And I just wrote to her because she's kind of a good brain for me to bounce off because I'm sort of down here in brain power. And I just said, hey, is it arrogant of me to think that I could write a book that would change the way that people read the Bible. And uh, we had an exchange. And it, what's happened to me is I feel as though I, I read the Bible differently as a result of what I'm writing. And um, so I, I have a relatively simple message, but I have a challenge for you. And it's a challenge that um, challenging you to read the Bible in a, in a slightly different, different way if that's okay. And, and I know, I just learned that some of you, 50 of you are reading the Bible in 30 days here. That's amazing. That's incredible. Who, who's doing that? Or are you just, who's going to raise your hand? That's amazing. Goodness me, brilliant. Some people, it takes 30 years, I think. But 30 days, that's, that's brilliant. But um, so I, I just want to talk a little bit. You know, I think sometimes what we can do, you know, front of, front of this says Holy Bible. And, you know, sometimes that can make it feel like it might be something that's a bit out there, a bit, a bit removed. And, you know, I would never, I would genuinely never mock any other religion, religious book. But, you know, um, you know I, I was trained in the prison service 
of how to handle religious books, you know, and, and some religions have particular ways of handling them and they, they actually can't be handled by somebody who doesn't believe and that sort of thing. And so sometimes I, I look at the way we title our, our Bible and, and I kind of want to just say, no, actually, Holy Bible, well, holy actually means totally other. It, and Bible is a library. This is a library of totally other stories. In other, in other words, it's a library of stories that, that come from the supernatural, from eternity, from God. And uh, the truth is that this is really a library of encounters. That's what it is. That's how we got it. And uh, I just want to read a, read a couple of things. I, I know I read one of these before, but just in case you've not heard it, um, I'll, I'll, read, I'll read something that Joel Osteen always reads before he preaches the Word, which I just love. I, I think it sets us up for what we're holding. And I know that, that here there's been this uh, renewed passion for the Bible and standing with the Bible. And Steve bought himself a new Bible about the same time as I bought mine. He went green and I stayed black, but you know, I've got wide margins. And, but we, it was funny what we, we both bought a new Bible. What happened to me with a new Bible, I, I, this, I decided this year I'll travel with my new Bible. But because my comfort blanket Bible, I'm just leaving at home. It's got so many notes and things in it. And but what I noticed was with a new Bible that because there was no other words written on the pages scribbled by me, that somehow it felt fresh again. It almost felt like I was reading it and hadn't read it before. And uh, so I just want to read a couple of statements. This first one is Joel Osteen, um, who I, I, I just love listening to Joel Osteen. He, honestly, he can encourage you in two minutes. We had a our car in America, we had Joel Osteen's, uh, you know, satellite radio just on it. And I always kept the same station. It didn't matter if you got in the car at the beginning of his 25-minute message, halfway through or at the end, he spoke to exactly what was happening in my life. It was because the guy is just ridiculously encouraging. And uh, this is what he says. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. Today, I will be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess, my mind is alert, my heart is receptive, I will never be the same. I am about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I will never be the same, never, never, never. I will never be the same in Jesus' Name, Amen. You, it changes, you hold that with that in your mind, it changes it, it's like, in some respects, one of the reasons I don't really like digital versions is that they feel like they blur into everything else I'm reading on my phone. And that this means I'm picking up something different and I'm, I'm paying attention. And then I've just written something which, uh, just because I've been pondering and writing and I wrote this, my Bible is universal yet personal, powerful but intimate, directional, but invitational, revelatory, but practical, timeless, yet always now, holy, yet relatable, full of law, yet leads to grace, written on paper, but fully alive, constant, yet life-changing, fresh even after 10,000 reads, the product of encounters, fully read, yet never exhausted, birthed in heaven, alive on earth, challenged yet never beaten, proven 
yet still revealing my Bible, my library of encounters, my invitation to take my place. And that's really what I want to invite you to. I want to invite you to take your place in the library of encounters. Who's your favourite character in the Bible? Go on, tell me. Shout it out. Don't be shy. This is Chroma. Come on. Esther. Who are you there? Mordecai. I like Mordecai. He's brilliant. I'll tell you a quick aside about Mordecai. I just had surgery. I was slipping into unconsciousness. I was, I was getting sick. And uh, Chris Vallotton came and visited me. And uh, just before I went unconscious, which I always joked to him about, he gave me a prophetic word. I said, your prophetic word sent me unconscious. But um, <laughs> he said, you're Mordecai. And I always thought that that was a champion of women. And I carried that for 10 years. And 10 years after he gave me the word, I realised that actually Mordecai adopts the orphaned influences. And it changed my view. So I love Mordecai. He's brilliant. You probably shouted out Paul and David and Abraham and Caleb and Joshua and my wife might say Mary in the list and others. Here's the truth of every one of them. They're in this book because they had an encounter. That's why they're in there. They didn't put, get put in there because they had a qualification, because they could argue about the meaning of one verse over another. They had an encounter with the living God. And I wanna challenge you to read your Bible through the lens of their encounters. To read Paul through the Damascus Road. To read Peter through the dialogue he had with Jesus when he said, on this rock will I build my church. To read Moses through the lens of the burning bush and the crag in the rock. To read Abraham through the lens of lying on his back and looking at the stars and knowing the promises of God. To read the Bible through the lens of encounters with the living God because it will change the way you read the text. You will read it differently. You see, the problem is that I think many times we find ourselves reading through the lens of man's opinion instead of through the lens of God's intention. It's His intention. I do sometimes uh, kind of in my head sort of find myself thinking about meetings in heaven. And one of them would be, you know, imagine you're here, this, this church, and there's something happening tomorrow. So the team get round and they, they talk about what's going to happen tomorrow. Imagine that in heaven, the day before the Damascus Road encounter. Can you imagine the conversation? I got, you know, I got this idea. The guy who is more opposed to us than anybody else who has completely constructed his life around arresting and killing Christians, I got an idea, team. We're going, get, we're going to go and get him. We're going to go down there. We're going to knock him to the ground. We're going to flash light before his eyes. We're going to go get him. And the problem is that we can read Paul through the lens of man's opinion instead of read it through the lens of God's intention when he encountered Paul or Saul. 
his intention. Paul would write to Timothy, all Scripture, all. I did some absolutes last time I was here and I'm sure I I taught on all Scripture. 2 Timothy 3.16. All Scripture is inspired, better translation, God breathed. All Scripture is the result of God encountering man. All Scripture. What's stunning to me is that the words that Paul had probably used to justify what he was doing in arresting Christians become the all Scripture which is inspired by God for training in righteousness. So my challenge to you firstly is, would you read this book? through the lens of the encounters that the characters and the authors had, it will change the way you read it. Paul Paul wrote that this, He who is blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone possesses immortality and dwells in unapproachable light. You can read that. You can read that as some sort of attempt, as it were, to understand the dwelling place of God. You know, what's heaven like, this unapproachable light, or you can read it through the lens of the Damascus Road and an encounter that Saul had with an unapproachable light that blinded him. He got it in encounter, I'm sure, or it was part of it. You see, you'll read differently. And what you'll do is you'll find yourself reading of the tough times in these characters' lives. And and I would challenge you to read Moses when the people are mumbling and complaining and realise that what enabled him to keep going was that one day, while he was looking after some sheep, he turned to one side. And when God saw that he'd got Moses' attention, he spoke to him and he took off his shoes And he received his life's assignment in an encounter with the living God. And and we, we can see that in character after character. Abraham had an encounter. Moses had an encounter. Joshua had an encounter. David had an encounter. Isaiah had an encounter. Gideon had an encounter. And they're in the book, not because they were clever and went to college and learned how to write a book of the Bible. They had an encounter with the living God and they expressed themselves and they gave us this holy library of encounters that is totally other, but is accessible to every one of us. It's beautiful. And I wanna just challenge you to read it through that lens. You know, Revelation would be a great example. We can so easily find ourselves reading it through the lens of man's opinion. What does this mean? How does that symbol fit with that? Where does that come from? It's all helpful, but we must always read it through the lens of John, I was in the Spirit and I had a vision and this is what he told me. Because otherwise the book that is always wrongly named, because we end up calling it the revelation of end times in our heads somehow, it's not, it's the revelation of Jesus Christ. And man's opinion will make it the revelation of what we think may or may not happen at the end and yet really it's a revelation of Him, of Jesus Christ. So I wanna challenge you. Whoever your favourite character is, have a restudy of them and stop and think, where was their encounter? 
How did this all start? I, I happen to love Isaiah. He's become more and more of a favourite, especially since I've been reading and studying and, and some people suggest that Paul is the New Testament Isaiah and Isaiah the Old Testament Paul. And I, and I, I read it and it's like, there's Isaiah. I saw the Lord, he said. I saw the Lord. He had an encounter. So I want to challenge you to read the Bible through the lens of the encounters of the characters you're reading about or the author of the book that you're reading. And I am bold enough to say it will change the way you read the book. And if you already do that, brilliant. Keep doing it. Don't stop. I'm just learning. I'm just on a learning curve. But then what I want to say is this, that one of the most important things for me, and I understand why I'm standing 18 inches higher than you because of the room and stuff like that. But actually, I'd rather not be standing higher than you. I'd rather be on the same level as you because I, because I would never want what I say to be in some way unattainable, achievable, accessible by everybody. If I have a life goal, that would be one of my life goals in teaching. I don't ever want there to be any separation. And I think what we can often do, and I think we do it with, in our world quite often, is that we, we have a familiarity of language, but we don't stop long enough to unpack what we're saying. So I just want to take a moment and unpack what I mean when I say an encounter. Because I don't want anyone to think, oh, that's something that these kind of people have. That's what the mystics have. They're out there. They're, they're incredible. They're, you know, bizarrely supernatural. Sometimes they are. But actually every one of us was designed for encounters. We were designed for it. We've been set up for it. So, so what are they? Well, I usually start here. Dreams are an encounter. They must be one of the most accessible things for all of us. Funny, somebody at the weekends stood up talking about signet rings and I'd woken up that day having had a dream that I'd lost my signet ring. Oh, it's just, you know, that curious way. The psalmist says, he instructs my mind in the night seasons. He does. Now, I know some dreams are weird. Don't worry about that. But, but some, some weird dreams are from him. They're encounters speaking to us. Prophecies. Prophecies are encounters with God who knows your future. And prophecies contain a couple of things. They're incredible. Prophecies will often say, this is what you'll be doing, but the prophecy contains the keys to help you become the man or woman that can carry the thing that you'll be one day doing. They're encounters with God who knows your future. Sometimes we have encounters through people. Somebody will say something just the right moment. They might not even know God, but they say something to you and it's like, oh, I needed that. Somehow God had got that message to me. We have encounters in worship. We have encounters after we're prayed for. We can have angelic visitations that are encounters. Some, I haven't had either of these, but some have Christophanies and Theophanies where Christ or God walks into the room. We have encounters through speaking in tongues. We have encounters through healing. The people healed this morning had an encounter. He had a healing encounter. The woman who touched the hem of his garment in the Bible, she had an encounter. In fact, I, 
many people believe she got that from Malachi because she read that the son of righteousness will rise with healing in his wings. And when she touched the hem of his garment, which is the wing of his garment, she got healed. So she, she'd worked out, if I can touch the hem of his garment, it says in Malachi that I'll be healed. She had an encounter, a healing encounter. Some have still small voice of God experiences. They're encounters. Some of my favourite and most consistent are reading this book. I had an encounter reading this book where I read one person's name, one word. I was just sitting there reading it. It wasn't even one of the big characters. It's one of the smallest characters in the book. And I read it and I knew he was speaking to me. Studied that character and it made complete sense to me. Became an encounter. Actually has become a prophetic word for me that reminds me of something that I think is already beginning this year. Encounters in the Bible. Angelic encounters. Theophanies, Christophanies, dreams, prophecies, still small voice of God experiences. Moments in worship, moments in the car, on the carpet, moments when you get healed, they are encounters. And they're available for all of us. And the people, the characters in this Bible and the authors had encounters and wrote this. And your encounters are your invitation for you to take your place as it were and become Psalm 151 or Acts 29. However you want to phrase it, your encounters are the constant addition to the Bible, the library of encounters. I just want to encourage you. I want to encourage you, firstly, read the Bible through the lens of encounters, not the opinion of man. Our world, we have so many opinions being thrown at us, don't we? Not here, are you immune in Leicester? I mean, AI is going to give us more opinions than we have possibly got the capacity to hear. And we need to read the Word of God through the lens of the intention of God's heart, which is encounters. His intention is to encounter us. Like that fictitious idea of a discussion in heaven of encountering Saul on the road to Damascus. They had a plan. They had an intention. We could sit and discuss it and go, well, how did that work out? You know, how did the guys around them cope with with Paul suddenly changing? And wasn't that difficult? Wasn't that awkward? No, God decided, I'm going to change that man 180 degrees and I'm going to do it and I'll fill him with my spirit and I'll fill him with boldness and I'll fill him with power and I'll repurpose his zeal. And yeah, there might be a few niggles around, but I'll put a Barnabas there who'll cheer him on and I'll change that man because he and he alone can fulfil a purpose and I'm going to go down and get him. You see, encounters are meant to change us. Sue and I lived in California and honestly, we, it never happened to us, but if you go for a walk there, you might meet a mountain lion that can kill you. Have an encounter with a mountain lion. It will change the way you walk. You'll probably never travel alone and you'll also, as the Americans like to say, start packing. In other words, you'll tuck a gun down your sock. Encounters are meant to change the way we live, change the way we walk. And fill us with power. You see, when you start reading the Bible through the lens of the encounters and you read when Moses is struggling with the grumbling, moaning people, he can go back 
to that moment when there was a bush burning. And remember in those days that their senses were not filled like ours are with all images of lights and stuff like that. I mean, look at London on New Year's Eve, you know, the, the way the skies lit up. You know, we, we have that. They didn't have any of that. The memory of the burning bush would be so sharp and so clear, it would stand out. And he'd be able to go back to that or Abraham could go back when he's wandering, when he's, when he's leaving the land of his fathers and experiencing, you know, questions He can go back to the moment that God said. So I want us to learn to read differently, but then I want us to learn to review our encounters. Take note of your encounter, your encounter history with God, because you need it. You need to be able to remind yourself. And there are times for us, I mean, you know, sometimes people will say to us, you know, you left California, you you had a nice house, a pool, you know, a whatever it was, six-figure income, part of the team and all of that kind of stuff. And you came back and it's been raining for weeks here, you know, and all that kind of stuff. But we can go back and go, no, God said. God said. We had an encounter through a prophetic word and He said, and we came back. And we can lean on that if we're having a moment of doubt or of question. See, our lives are, are meant to be shaped and directed through encounters. Sue shared some of her story yesterday at communion. And the truth is that, that I'm standing here today because she had an encounter in 1997 that, that started her on a journey. And she had an encounter that resulted in us going to Redding, California and me ending up on the team and all of that because she had an encounter. So I want to encourage you, read the Bible through the lens of the encounters, but then begin to remind yourself of your encounter history with God. And don't make it out there something that only people with big names and titles have. No, please don't do that. Remind yourself that this is a book of shepherds and tax gatherers and ordinary men and women who had an encounter that meant they ended up in the book. But we should never worship the men and women of the Bible, but we should read the Bible in order for their experiences, their encounters, to point us to the intention of God's heart for us. And when we do that, our lives will be changed. Review your encounters. Write down your still, small voice of God experiences, your prophetic words. Go back to them. Check them. If you're anything like me, I paraphrase them and 10 years later I go back and go, oh God, you said that? I've been summarising it as this and you said that. I want that. Review your encounter history with God and just open up this Bible expecting Him to speak rather than expecting that you'll understand it from an academic point of view, open it and expect Him to speak. I had a few experiences last year, difficult meetings I was going into. One day I I opened up the Bible, I wasn't even asking Him to speak to me about the meeting I was going into. And He gave me a three-point plan for a meeting from the Bible. He really did. It was this. If it's God, I win. If it's the devil, God wins. But don't fight God. I got it from the Bible. Good advice. 
It's really good advice for every situation of life. I'd just never seen it before. So read the Bible through the lens of encounters from the intention of God's heart, not the opinion of man. See, now I read Paul. I, I, I don't read Paul from an academic mindset. I don't go there first. I'm reading Paul from the Damascus Road and I'm thinking, when he now says God lives in unapproachable light, it's because once he met the unapproachable light on the road to Damascus. When, when I read Paul writes about grace, I go back to Damascus Road and realise he encountered grace like no other man has ever encountered grace. So learn to read it that way. Review your encounters. And finally, I wanna tell you this. I believe one of the best ways to really get to know other people, especially those around you, and especially those you might be ministering is, is learn to see them through their encounter story. It'll change you. Because what you'll see is God's intention for that person through their stories, through their encounters with God. It cuts through some of our human perceptions and opinions and judgments. We have a friend, uh, Alison, out in uh, America. Lots of people quote her because she, she used to say that she kind of preferred hearing other people's prophecies than her own. It's because she just loved to hear the intention of God for other people. She's a writer, an author, she's creative. So she just loved to hear the intention of God's heart for other people. It's a great way of getting to know people. I sat this weekend and listened to two people's stories that I didn't know the detail and it completely changed my view of them as I listened to their stories of how God had encountered them, led them and directed them. So I just want to encourage you this morning. Get hungry for encounters. Somebody came up to me after first service said, you were right on, I wrote in my journal this morning, I need a fresh encounter. That's a good thing to write every day, actually. It's really what Benny Hinn taught us in the great book, Good Morning Holy Spirit. Say good morning Holy Spirit is basically saying, good morning Holy Spirit, I need an encounter. I need you to walk with me, to hold my hand, to encourage me, to cheer me on, to kick me up the backside if that's what I need. But Holy Spirit, I need an encounter. To get through this day, to be the best version of me I can possibly be, I need a fresh encounter. So that's what encourages you. This extraordinary book, is really, apart from God the Father, God the Son and God the Holy Spirit, it's basically a book about ordinary people who had an encounter and became extraordinary. That's pretty much what it was, what it is. And the biggest danger we can have is to read it through the lens of an academic idea or mindset. I'm not, I'm not against studying, not against degrees in theology, not at all. But if my study of the Word of God, of theology, doesn't lead me to a better relationship with God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, I missed it. I just missed it. So I'm just trying to encourage you really with a, with a very simple message. This is a book of encounters. Learn to read it differently. Take your favourite character and just go back and go, oh, when they said that, they had a foundation of an encounter. When they were able, you know, what did Mary have to go through to carry a baby, an unmarried young woman? She had the power of an encounter that was kind of like, must have been absolutely tattooed on her mind because she'd had that moment. Isn't it incredible that over Christmas, we sing about encounters 
all over the place. You go in a shop, they're singing about encounters. Basically, Hark the Herald Angels Sing is basically saying, there was an encounter 2,000 years ago. So I want to encourage you, read the Bible differently and it will change your experience of the Word of God. Review your encounter history with God and, 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 and don't be, you know, be thinking, oh, it has to be something huge. No, just review every, every day those moments when he, he speaks, He interacts, when one word of the Bible lights up, when somebody says something to you, when you get a prophetic word, review your encounters, be strengthened by your encounters with the Lord and then learn to see other people through their encounters because you will learn God's heart for them, God's intention for them and it will enable you to partner with the purposes of heaven in your relationships with other people. So why don't you stand and I'll pray for you and Steve's going to come up and join me. I just want to pray. Thank you. Holy Spirit, we're hungry. We're hungry for fresh encounters. We're hungry for everyday encounters. And we're hungry, as it were, for extravagant, extraordinary encounters. It's kind of like our food. The daily bread is great, but sometimes we really like a really good steak too. May our encounters be like that. May we have the everyday encounters and be so aware of you speaking, directing and touching, but we're also hungry for those extraordinary moments that completely redirect us. Holy Spirit, we're hungry. Teach us to read your word through the lens of the encounters that the authors and the characters had with you. Teach us to do that and remind us of our encounter history. Holy Spirit, prompt us, even today, maybe eating with friends, out walking, laying in bed tonight, remind us of those moments where you spoke, where you said, so that we know that we can face the challenges, the tests and the trials and the difficult moments because we have a foundation that God said and it changed the way we walk. Remind us. And Holy Spirit, would you give us the opportunity to see our friends, our colleagues and our leaders through the lens of their encounters so that we would understand your heart for their lives, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.